I really responded to a witch's relationship to nature, being barefoot on the grass, the feeling of being looked at by the natural world and looking at the natural world. That kind of power felt really right. Welcome to Your Magic. I'm Michelle T. Today on our show, I'm hanging with none other than the great Katherine Hahn. Katherine Hahn's presence in film and television, from Transparent to Bad Moms to I Love Dick, serves to deliver exactly what we, the viewers, are craving. Tough love, spiritual vulnerability, authentic audacity, messy art fantasy. With her induction into the Marvel Cinematic Universe via her work in WandaVision, she serves us campy, powerful, meddling witch drama. We are going to talk about Catholic school, cusp astrology, and friend breakups. And speaking of friend breakups, our producer, Vera Blossom, closes the show with the ritual to help you heal from these emotional ruptures. There are heartaches that don't get as much attention as the romantic variety, but they're often more profound than losing a boo. Stay with us. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, in the final year of Catholic middle school, like 8th grade, 14 years old, you're expected to get confirmed. It's this ritual where you basically agree, as somewhat of an adult, I guess, to accept the whole Christian trip they've been laying on you since back in first grade. By the time it came around for me, I didn't want to do it. I was smelling a rat in the church. I didn't have clear and articulated gripes, just a strong sense that they weren't my people that maybe they were even against my people, whoever my people even were. Mainly, to be honest, I discovered the band The Lords of the New Church, and Stiv Bader's was making atheism sexy in his scrawny leather pants and eyeliner. I tried to weasel my way out of the ceremony, but my mom freaked, so I backed down. There was, though, one thing about the whole formality that I was kind of into, and that was getting to select from an assortment of martyred women my very own patron saint. And I had chosen Bernadette. Ever since first grade, when Sister Cecilia gave all the kids a 45 of The Song of St. Bernadette, I'd been enraptured by the story of this French girl with the marvelous name who had a vision of the Virgin Mary while hanging out in a grotto. I didn't know what a grotto was, but it too had a marvelous ring to it. I loved that Bernadette was so special that the goddess had revealed herself to her. And I was drawn to the drama of her persecution, how nobody believed her, in part because she was poor, right? A peasant. And wasn't I a peasant too? I imagined a sort of YA novel fantasy in which I could be Bernadette's bestie, setting up a caper in the grotto, proving to the townsfolks that what she saw was real. Nearly 40 years after the priest gently pat my cheek, a symbolic slap urging me to be as brave in my faith as Bernadette was in her vision, I sit here at my computer doing a little Google on the saint, and I learn something incredible. St. Bernadette's feast day is my freaking birthday, February 18th. Oh my God, I'm getting chills. My heart fluttered, tears sprung to my eyes. Oh my God, this devotion is real. She really is my patron saint. 
rebel against Catholicism all the time, having learned to articulate my gripes about their work against women and children and queer people. But I remain a little grateful that this was the branch of Christianity I was baptized into. This goth religion of red velvet and Baroque statuary, the blood of Christ, and young girls having visions. Now, let's go talk to Katherine Hahn. I can't talk to you on a witchy podcast without talking to you about Agnes. And what was it like for you to embody an iconic witch character? I mean, I could not have been more excited, thrilled, flattered, thirsty, hungry, you know, turned on by the idea of playing a witch. I was the, the coolest. I feel like a witch anyway, so I was kind of like excited, you know. Or or maybe if I don't feel like a witch, I'm attracted to witches. Yeah, you have witchy vibes. Like, I was going to ask you, like, what what's your, like, do you have, like, a spiritual practice or a magical practice or whatever you want to call it? I think I have it in here, but the, the Mother Peace deck I was just given yeah. by a friend. Vicki Noble, is that her name, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was given to me by a friend uh, this year at a very particularly potent time. And that has been really uh, something I'd never done before on a regular basis. I used to do ruins, sometimes read ruins on like New Year's Eve or sometimes with my hubby, we still have those and like a really sweet journal that kind of charts our life. We've been together forever. And it kind of like, you, you look back at kind of like charts every place we've been in our life through like the ruins that we had, we had pulled for each other. And but yeah, this deck I'm really finding very fertile. Yeah. I had never heard of her. I'd never heard of her before, or I'd never um would ever think of doing doing it for my myself, but it's been kind of beautiful. I love doing tarot for myself, just like picking a card, just to kind of center myself and being like, what's up? You know, like yes. what do I need to be thinking about today? Or like what's the energy yeah. that's floating around me that I can kind of put some images to and kind of solidify. That's exactly it. Like before I stretch, before I stretch or before I like whatever, if I'm before, if I want to write or before I, um, you know, and it's something that I wouldn't have thought to had that I had the luxury of time to do before the pandemic, weirdly. Like it's something that has kind of like become a part of my life in this bananas chapter. I feel like pandemic time between like the amount of like weirdness and stress and then the sort of gaps of time that hadn't been available. I think a lot of people got more sort of spiritual or started investigating little like spiritual um, avenues that they, that like you kind of, it's just kind of something you thought you'd like to do someday. And it's like, Oh, it's that someday. Yes. I guess I'm gonna, you know, sink my chakras or like whatever, whatever. I mean, I know, you know, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school up through high school so taught by the nuns, and I love Same. a nun. Oh, you were too? Oh my God, I love it. Till ninth grade, yeah. Oh my God, amazing. You love a nun. What do you love about a nun? I love commitment. I love that kind of faith. I love that kind of like outside of, especially maybe the older I get, I'm kind of into the idea of shedding the g- gaze 
G-A-Z-E on you in any way. Like I read, my friend just sent me this thing about medieval nuns that used to get hot flashes were kind of contagious while they were praying. And so there would be like this, like a spiritual kind of high. And I also just love the idea of just like committing to a life. It's something I could not do. You know, we we had some pretty progressive nuns, I think. And I, I just remember being like, how do you reconcile like all, all of it? How do you reconcile it? Like, this was always such, such an interesting thing to debate with them because, you know, they're under the umbrella of this thing that's so, you know, patriarchal and sexist and homophobic and like all those things. I was like, how do you like commit then still? The, the nuns I knew at least had such a direct line to whoever their God was. It was just inter- it's such so interesting to me. And then, like, maybe the sacrifice is worth it to just live in this, like, secluded community of other women. Yes, exactly. Have this lifestyle. Like, how else do you make that happen for yourself? Like a monastic uniform where you just live in prayer. I mean, there's something, I mean, not, there's something very attractive about that. Not Catholic nuns specifically, but just this monastic idea. Me too. Like, giving it all up just to go sit in a cave for the rest of your life and just be like, this is meaningful. This is very meaningful. I've always wanted to do like a silent retreat. I hear that people just break down and sob at some point in a silent retreat. Everybody has a meltdown at some point. I've never done it either. I'm very attracted to it also. It would be good for me to shut up. (laughs) You know what I mean? For a minute, for like a stretch. (laughs) Me too. I want to ask you, I mean, I don't know what how your process is in general, like when you prepare for a role, but I'm really curious about when you were preparing for Agnes, it, like, did you do any like witchy re- like research mm. or was there anything specifically yes. specific to that character? I did all of it. I mean, you know, it's real fictional because like she comes from New Salem, um, a New Salem, but they were actually witches. And um, so it wasn't like, you know, the women that were you know, victims of being burned at the stake for simply whatever, looking at someone sideways or, you know, dropping a thing of bread. Um, So these were like, uh, uh, you know, she was an actual witch who even could have been older, even from like the 1600s, I think somewhere in Europe, according to some of the comics. And so I did do a lot of, of, you know, I read the witch's Bible. I I read all of, all of it. You know, the thing that I took the most for this part, because it was like in the same, you know, you can't, she's her own bird, but I really responded to a witch's relationship to nature, being barefoot on the grass, to feeling like the natural world is for you, the feeling of being looked at by the natural world and looking at the natural world, that kind of power felt really right. Like the roots of a tree kind of witch. I mean, I I remember going to a camp out with my son's school and I had just gotten the part and it was freezing out. It was like in October, pre-pandemic. And we were like all outside and I could see the tops of the trees, like ringing this, ringing this little, you know, fake bonfire because there's no fires allowed to be made. We were so cold. (laughs) It was like, it was like forest fire chapter. So we couldn't, we were like, "Uh." but I could see the tops of the trees and just imagined floating above it. And that was very potent. And also as a woman in her later 40s, whose, you know, reproductivity, if that's the word, is coming to a close. It's like this mysterious next amazing chapter of like 
we're still here. There's a lot to offer that is scary and mysterious. And it's not just about making babies. So what is this vessel? Like what, what's happening? And so I really responded to that in terms of a witch as well. Oh, I love that. I love the, what is this vessel? What's the next? What's the, what's next? the next stage for like power in this body? Yes. Yeah. Right. Going back to nuns. Like there's something about it. That's like, just feels very essential. Like I would pretend, we would pretend priest and I would use Necco wafers. Yes, we would. <laughs> Did you do that? We play church with like, yes. the candies we used were actually the same thing that they made <gasps> the freaking wafers out of, but they would look like spaceships and they had little candies inside of them. What the but hell were would, they called? I know exactly what you mean. You would peel the two sort of crackery pieces and dump out the candy and then use the crackery wafers as the body of Christ. That is so much better than a Necco wafer. Or a Smarty. Yeah. Sometimes we use Smarties. That works, though. And I got to play the priest, which I was very excited about. Catherine Hahn, I'd love to give you a tarot reading. What would you like to pick cards about? Without going into any, like, specifics, because who needs it? I'm still in a, in I guess a mourning phase of a friend of a friendship that was like very profound, and the friendship is, it's how somehow it's not happening, and I um, miss it terribly. So I would just, but I also know that we have grown, and so I would love to know just like. I guess, A, want to send love to the person. And also, I, I suppose, I don't know if it's like how to get over it or how to move through it or how to, what, what it will transform into. Or like, so that's exactly, I don't know, know how to word the question. First questions I have are, is there a world where you reach out to this person or is that like off the table? You're like, no. It's off the table per this person. Okay, per this person, Okay. So really, it's about how do you heal now and move away yes. from, from this, okay, mm-hmm. from this friendship. Without, I know you don't want to get into too much detail, but like, can I ask how long of a friendship it was? Years and years and years and years and years. Years yeah. and years. Okay. Okay. So kind of it feels like it has like formative vibes, like you guys really. Yes. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like I see the world kind of. In a certain way because of your influence by this person. Okay. I I feel like this is a relatable thing also because I feel like a lot of friendships, it's hard to know when to fold them with love, you know, like how to move forward with love. Okay, I'm going to do a little past, present, future reading. I'm going to pick some cards that illuminate, you know, what the vibes were in your past, you know, probably the more recent past. Um, And then like what What's the energy that's around you for it today? And then for the future, what you should be moving forward. I guess, you know, heal from a friend breakup, which is really, our culture doesn't give that much attention to friend breakups, but they can, I have found them to be very profound, you know? Okay. Um, It looks like it's actually very good for you to not be in the friendship right now. It actually looks really like it's the right thing for you. Um, Because, you know, of the three cards that I picked for your present moment, you have the Wheel of Fortune, and the wheel of fortune is always like yes you know a change a change for the better so you know i don't know 
how how you receive that and 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 kind of rectify that. Um, it looks like it's really complicated because you also have the devil, right? Mm. So that's that's hard. The devil is such a complicated card because the devil is a complicated symbol in our culture. Yes. So you know, so you know, on the one hand, the devil can represent things where we feel like someone else is the boss of us. We are not our own influence. We're under someone else's influence or something else's influence that isn't necessarily good for us. It can be a little bit toxic. So I feel like this might be just representing just like complicated feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, even though I think that on some level you do know that like letting go and moving on is best. And the thing about fortune is it's a, it's a card about, it's the wheel of fortune. It's about change. It's about motion. It's about things moving forward and trusting that the move forward is a good move. And I like this. The third card for your present that you have is abundance. Mm, Oh my God. It's so beautiful. And this is about like communion with others. It's Mercury and Cancer. And so it's also saying that like you actually, you know, with all respect to how formative this person was in your life, you also have so many people in your life right now who maybe are a better fit for who and what you are at the moment, like who can get you a little bit better and give you the sort of friendships that that you really need right now or the love that you need right now. So you're certainly not hurting for love in your life um, as a result of this. It looks like looking at the past of it, you have the Ten of Cups, which is called wealth. So, I mean, to me, this is like, it's saying two different things that almost seem a little contradictory. And one, it being called wealth, it's like, yeah, there was a lot there. You guys meant a lot to each other. You gave each other a lot, but it's also a 10. So it's almost like you came to the end of what you guys could give each other. That's beautiful. And it looks like maybe you guys stuck around a little longer than you needed to. You can see that everything is really pretty in it, but um, there's choppy water underneath. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like things look nice on the surface, but it's choppy. And so it's sort of like having to, I feel like this is a period of time of maybe having to come to terms with like, oh, I have to look in the face the ways this isn't, the way this connection isn't working for me anymore. I have to get real about it before something happens, you Mm -hmm. know, to make it to make it worse. And then the last card for your past is the Ace of Swords. And that's about a big decision, a big decision that maybe is even a little bit cold hearted. It's intellectual and friendships we always think of as happening in the realm of the emotions. Um, But it looks like it was like a conscious thought on one or both of y'all's part to be like, we, this, this needs to be severed with this sword here. We need to cut it out. That's what happened. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, there, there's a coming back together of sorts. Um, but for now, it's really about you. I don't know if it's almost about you sort of gathering your strength independently of her. It's almost the way in like, we see this in like romantic breakups where like somebody like is in, I don't know, is in a codependent relationship and then they break up and they have to kind of find their power again. I don't know if your friendship ended up being a little bit codefriendant, but it's like about you kind of coming back into your power. Your future card is the is the emperor, which is about like being on top of the world kind of and just being like, I'm calling my own shots. I am my own influence. You know, I'm like, I'm ruling my life. And like, this is a really great place for you to be in coming into your future. And then the story gets a little complicated. Then we get the... um the five of wands, which is called strife. And I feel like mm. there's going to be a point at some point in the future where there's maybe a little bit of like, uh, I still feel a little tormented by this. I still feel a little haunted by this. Like there's going to, you're going to want to share things with this person. You're going to want to reach out. 
I don't know that you will or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if you did because then your next card is change. <gasps> two of discs. Oh, wow. Capping it off the grand finale. And then the magician, <gasps> which is like, so that's very bright and very beautiful. And I mean, you know, is this next year? Is this in five years? I don't know. You know, I think that I, I hope it's a while, actually, because I really want you to enjoy this emperor card and enjoy what it feels like to kind of not be friend partnered with this very important, influential person in your life to, to be sort of without their influence, I think is going to be very meaningful for you. But you're going to hit a wall with it. And I think that you'll feel that maybe that things have moved enough and changed and progressed enough that maybe maybe a risk can be taken at that point. And it's going to be really on you to figure out like what you want and what kind of risk you can take. I see this with the magician because I think you'll get what you want. I mean, when the magician comes up, we get what we want. We manifest in ways that are pretty powerful. So you know, do you want to just be able to drop a line and say, hey, I appreciate what you gave to me, you know, mm -hmm. what our friendship gave to me? Or do you want to say like, hey, let's try being casual friends? Like whatever it may be, it looks like you can have that at some mm. point in the future. But it does look like it's something to be resisted for now. Mm -hmm. This this, this, this friendship, and I'm holding up the devil card as I say that, because it does look like this friendship has a really powerful pull on you. And it's almost like you need to detox from it, which is not to say it was completely toxic, but there's almost like you need to let it yourself air out from mm -hmm. it and, mm -hmm. and become that and become that different version of yourself outside outside of that relationship. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yes. Like I'm, I'm very moved by this because it does feel that I feel like the strife card in the future is that it is unfinished business in some way with with this with this human being that there is so much love there but the card from the past really resonated that maybe we kept it going in that form longer than it than we needed it to be I will just speak for myself I definitely need didn't realize that I needed the space to independently. I love that co-friendship, co-de-friendship, co-de-friendship. Yeah. Co-de-friendant. Co-de-friendant. I was, yeah, that I, that, that it was so, that we were, it was, we were so embedded um, that we didn't realize how, in what ways we were not taking care of each other or um, uh, how we were affecting the other person. It just, we just allowed it to be on the surface for too long, almost until it was like too late. And so I think you're right that there is unfinished, for sure, unfinished business. But, and I, and I'm also really going to listen to the fact that it's okay to be in this period of mourning and, and that's enough. There's nothing to be done right now. Is what I'm, is what I'm hearing. I think that's really clear. Yeah. There is nothing to be done right now. And even though you might be tempted to sometimes because to maybe relieve the pain of the morning right. it's not the best move for you it's just trusting that like that will lighten with time with this wheel of fortune here with the passing mm -hmm. of time you know it will it will lighten and feel brighter and i think that there's just like more insights on their way to you around this friendship it is interesting when you also time helps um certainly refracts back maybe how one's behavior was in it than myself. I have historically been a very rash person. Like I'll just press end, hence my not being on any social media. So <laughs> I don't trust it at all. <laughs> um, so I think that that is something that I've, that, that I'm responding to in those cards too, is the like sitting and taking my 
taking my time. For whatever it's worth, this strife card that's in the future, it is Saturn in Leo. <gasps> so it is that the nature of why this is a stressful card is it, it's that Leo exuberance that does just want to hit send mm-hmm. and wants to just like express itself, yes. right? Um, and, and be heard and to hear. And then Saturn's like, nope. Nope, it's not the right time. So you might just come across that again. and um, But then again, followed by this change card. This is Jupiter and Capricorn. It has a similar energy to the five of wands because they're both um, Saturn, Saturn-y. But in this card, in the two of discs, the, the Capricorn, which is ruled by Saturn, it's being forced to open up a little mm. bit and to be like, okay, well, what, what could a change look like? So I feel like that will come for you, but coupled with time, and space and insight, you know? Mm, I feel, okay. I feel all of that. Amazing. God, thank thank you for letting me pull some cards for you on such a busy day. Oh, I'm Michelle. I'm very, very, this was the, this was my sacred moment. So thank you so much. I'm Vera Blossom, a producer at Your Magic, a fledgling witch, and I've got a lot of experience with friendship breakups. I've got a spell for when you know it's time to break up with a friend or when you've already broken up with a friend and need to find some closure. This will help you draw boundaries with the friend the next time they want to hang out, feel empowered to say no to them, or be ready to have a direct conversation with them about why you need space. If you've already broken up with a friend and you need to find some closure, then I hope this spell will help you take the next step to move forward without focusing on lingering feelings of guilt. All you'll need is a candle, a pen and paper, and a cauldron or small fire-safe bowl. First, light the candle. You can use a white candle for cleansing or an orange candle if you need some courage. Second, start writing a letter. Address the letter to the friend in question. Write down the things you love about this person or fond memories you have with them. Start out with three things, but if there's more, keep writing. Then write down the reasons why you need to sever this relationship for your own well-being. As you write, take some quiet time to reflect on what you've written and listen to your body. Do you feel tense? angry, frustrated, or scared when you think of this person? Do those negative feelings outweigh the feelings of joy and sweetness? These are all valid reasons that you may need to sever your connection. When you're ready, put the paper in an envelope. Cut or rip the letter into strips while thinking about severing the connections you have with them, and light those pieces up one at a time and let them burn in a fire-safe cauldron. While keeping the reasons you need to sever this connection in mind, let the feelings of guilt or hurt or bitterness you might have burn away as the paper turns to ash. Take as long as you need to say goodbye and blow the candle out. Thank you, Vera Blossom. You know, I could get deep into how our culture's devaluation of friendship has its roots in misogyny and enforced heterosexuality, but you all already know that. And now you have a little something to help you should your own complicated, emotional, platonic love affair go south. Time heals all wounds, and there are plenty more witches in the coven. But until you're ready to open yourself up to a brand new bestie, take care of your heart. And everyone else, send your bestie a little love spell text or something today. Thanks for tuning into Your Magic. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Your Magic. You can subscribe to us right here on Spotify. Just do what you need to to never miss an episode. You can also sign up for our newsletter at thisisyourmagic.com and get more musings from our team of spiritual seekers. 
And you can email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com. We would truly love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Elizalde, Tony Gannon, and Vera Blossom. We got production support from Veronica Agard, Christine Marr, and Raven Yamamoto. Our executive producers are Ben Cooley, myself, and Molly Elizalde. Our original theme music is by John Kimbrough. Tune in next week for a conversation with Shay Coulee. Thanks for listening.